We're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Uh, before we get started, before we get started, let's um, let's hit that little subscribe subscribe button right down there on the Matthew Paris Show. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk sporting news. We talk all kinds of sports. Let's get right into it. Sunday night football was last night. We had the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the New York Jets. The Chiefs would end up winning the matchup 23-20 in a very hard-fought, close game. Um, but the real news is not the Chiefs and the Jets game. The real news was Taylor Swift showed up in New York at uh, for the uh, New York Jets KC Chiefs game to see her beau, Travis Kelsey. Um, so... It was it was interesting because a lot of times when uh, Kelsey made a uh, a catch or you know Mahomes would throw it to Kelsey, um, they would show a lot of shots of Swift uh, reacting in the suite. She was up there with uh, the likes of uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, Brittany Mahomes, and a few other people, her friends. Um, they were all gathered up in the suite. They had a good time. Uh, she did express real concern when uh, when the uh, Jets tied it up twenty to twenty late in the fourth quarter. And, uh, yeah, so in other news, the uh, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs and New York Jets, uh, let's talk about the merchandise of Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's um, uh, jersey, number 87, has uh, really gone up in sales. It's uh, 100% sales now, all because of the uh, Kelsey and Swift romance. You could also get your jersey custom-made uh there was a commercial for it, custom made uh, with Taylor Swift, which says Swifty on the Kansas City Chiefs jersey. That's kind of kind of funny and interesting. But, um, yeah, that was the big news tonight. The Chiefs did end up winning the game 23-20. to It was a very hard-fought game. Um, the Chiefs now have won. Uh, uh, they're 3-1, and one, and the Jets are 1-3. The Chiefs now have the Vikings coming up next Sunday at 3.25 p.m. I wonder if Taylor Swift's going to be there for that one. Um, let's see here. Uh, this was reported by SB Nation. Um, on Sunday night, the Kansas City Chiefs held on for an unexpectedly close 23-20 win over the New York Jets. Here are some of the things, uh, to list. One, uh, can't believe I'm saying this, but I hope Pat can go out there tonight and put up numbers like Justin Fields. This was reported on Twitter. Uh, the Chicago Bears made Chase Claypool stay home today. Apparently, Sky Moore and Marquis Valdez-Scantley did the same as gesture of solidarity. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's uh, very interesting The uh, over at uh, MetLife Stadium. You know, uh, what, how, how long will this last for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, and Taylor Swift? Well, you know, obviously – We'll see where it goes. Um, the internet's blowing up. There's a meme that I found on Facebook this morning that had uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm sorry, no, it had Taylor Swift in the suite, and it had Brittany Mahomes uh, sitting down in the suite, and uh, Taylor Swift is um, is uh, cheering, and Brittany Mahomes is kind of sitting there, kind of kind of giving kind of giving a uh, kind of a dirty look a little bit. So I mean, there might be some friction there, you know, taking away some of the spotlight there for a little bit. So um, Patrick Mahomes said in a post game interview that he has not met, uh, met Taylor Swift yet. So we'll see where uh, he says I'm going to meet her soon. So because obviously Kelsey and and uh, Mahomes are buddies. So it's uh, very 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 interesting. Let's uh, in other news. In the NFL, 
we have my Houston Texans. It's a proud, it was a proud day yesterday to be a native Houstonian. The Astros clinched the American League West Division, and uh, the Houston Texans won. They are now second in the AFC South. They won 30-6 to over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Texans are now 2-2, two and two, and the Steelers are 2-2. Two and two. The Texans will next face the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, October 8th. That is a noon game. Um, let's see here. In this game, uh, C.J. Stroud put up some big numbers again. He threw for over 300 yards. I believe he had two touchdown passes, and he has not thrown – he's thrown zero interceptions. I repeat, he has thrown zero interceptions. Um, this was reported by ESPN. Texans rookie QB C.J. Stroud continues to re rewrite history and win over Steelers. Uh, it has a picture. C.J. Stroud finds Nico Collins over the middle for a t touchdown. By the way, Nico Collins had a big game yesterday. Congratulations to Nico. Uh, over the last three weeks, Houston Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud thrust himself into record uh, record books in each game. In week four, things were no different. The number two overall pick went 16 for 30 passing for 306 yards and two touchdowns in the Texans' 30-6 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. Stroud's performance put him at 1,212 yards for the season, surpassing Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Andrew Luck for the second most yards through from four starts to begin a career. He trails only Cam Newton's 1,386 yards. I don't know if that's be a good thing to follow Cam Newton since Cam Newton is, is having a, tr a tough time trying to find a, uh, a team right now. Stroud views it all as a blessing, but is far from satisfied. I, he, Stroud goes on to report, I think it's really cool when you see your work pay off a little bit, but for me, it's just the beginning, Stroud said. It's a blessing, but I want to do more. I want to be great at this game. That's good. That's what you want to hear. Um, I think it'd be a great time for Stroud. Stroud is not only talked to be Rookie of the Year now. Now there's MVP talks thrown around. Um, I mean, so we'll we'll see. I mean, Rookie of the Year, since he's a rookie, would probably be the best thing. But Stroud also has the third most passing attempts, 151, by a rookie without an interception to start his career, behind Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott with 176, and Miami Dolphins Tua, uh, sorry if I mispronounced this, Tagaliva, 152. The former Ohio State standout has thrown for over 300 yards twice as so far as the first quarterback to do so since Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow and Herbert in 2020. Stroud also became the first Texans quarterback to throw for 200 yards or more in his first four career games. Stroud accomplished these feats while missing multiple stars on the offensive line as center Juice Scruggs, left guard Kenyon Green, and right tackle Titus Howard have yet to play in the regular season, and left tackle Laramie Tunsil missed the last three games. Even Tunsil's backup, Josh Jones, missed the Week 4 matchup. So Stroud is doing very well when he doesn't have he, he doesn't even have his uh, front four. Um, they're all hurt, so you know he has backup front four, so he's doing very well. Um, you can sort of see, I watched a little bit of the Texans-Pittsburgh Steelers game. Uh, NFL teams and the Steelers are trying to blitz him to try to throw him off guard, but it doesn't seem to be working. Um, it might have worked the first game, but now he's starting to pick up, so you can tell Stroud's a very, very fast learner. We already know that we had the it factor with him since we drafted him. Wide receiver Nico Collins said after finishing with seven catches for 168 yards and two touchdowns against the Steelers. It's a reason why he has that captain C on his chest. The dude can ball. It shows on Sunday. We're going to keep climbing, keep running together, man, and keep shocking the world. 
And that's what the Houston Texans are doing right now. You know, I, I predicted them to win six games, six to eight games before the season even started. Now they're on track to maybe get in the playoffs. So we'll see. Uh, Houston is 2-2. Two two. It's off to the franchise best start since 2019 after back-to-back -back wins. And the Texans are now in a four-way tie in the AFC South as they prepare to travel to face the Atlanta Falcons in Week 5. It feels good. All our hard work is paying off. We're right where we want to be, running back Devin Singletary told ESPN. We just got to keep handling our business. Keep finding ways to get better and finding ways to take over the team in that leadership role, which is hard to do as a young guy. So long as he keeps stepping up, we're in good hands. So... Stroud did very well. He threw for over 300 yards, two touchdown passes. We'll see what the Houston Texans bring next week in week five against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Hopefully they could get the W there. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a great time. Um, don't forget, tonight we have Monday Night Football, uh, one of the best, biggest watch national televised games in the world. Um, we have the Seattle Seahawks versus the New York Giants. Um, let's see here. This is reported from CBS, the NFL, Seahawks versus Giants, the odds line. Teams hoping to put together another playoff run this season will clash on Monday Night Football when the Seattle Seahawks meet the New York Giants. The Seahawks are 2-1, who have had winning records of 10 in the past 11 seasons under Coach Pete Carroll. They have made the playoffs for the past five years. The Giants are 1-2, meanwhile are hoping to follow up on last season's postseason appearance. Their first uh, since 2016, however, New York has been outscored 98-43 to so far this year. Uh, they're going to kick off from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, it's a nationally televised game. It's going uh, to be a great game, so we'll see what happens there. Um, so what are the lines and what are predictions and what are the bets? The model, which uh, simulates every NFL game 10,000 times, is up well over 7,000 for 100 players on top-rated NFL picks since its inception. Uh, the model enters week four of the 2023 NFC, NFL season as an incredible uh, 167 over 117 run on top-rated NFL picks that date back to the 2017 season. It is also on a 21-9 roll on top-rated NFL picks since week seven of last season. So we have the Seahawks and we have the Giants tonight on Monday Night Football, so we'll see who wins there. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to baseball. Uh, the Houston Astros, they have clinched the American League West uh, with the win yesterday, eight to one over the Arizona Diamondbacks, that makes the Astros are ninety and seventy-two for the season, and the Diamondbacks are eighty-four and seventy-eight. Um, it's a big win for the Houston Astros. They clinch the American League West title. That means they get a bye in the uh, wild card race, and that means I'm I'm extremely proud for this Houstonian. I know everybody in Houston is is uh, having a great time with this. Uh, this was reported from Yahoo Sports. Uh, Texas Rangers had a season to be proud of, but it wasn't enough to unseat the Houston Astros. Um, the Texas Rangers, we were in a very, very close race with the Texas Rangers and the Seattle Mariners. Um, as fate would have it, it was the Seattle Mariners and Texas Rangers in that series towards the end here that would kind of help the Astros out a little bit. Uh, with the American League West coming down to game 162, the Rangers surrendered the division that led most of the year to be se seemingly unavoidable Houston Astros. Um, let's see here. If there's a moral to be gleed from, uh, from the 2023 American League West, in which three teams entered the regular season's final week and still vie for the division, it's that there are no allies in, in baseball. Scoreboard watching is a helpless position, often a futile endeavor. To look elsewhere for salvation... And the standings is to be disappointed. You're better off just winning. 
either that or the Houston Astros are inevitable. Of course, sports always requires a little assistance in terms of rival teams coming up short, often at the hands of a third party playing for stakes of their own. So that means, you know, there's a third party either trying to beat you out for the division or you try to get the wild card spot. Of course, sports always requires a little assistance in terms of rival teams coming up short, often at the hands of the third party. While the Texas Rangers and Seattle Mariners bat- battled in a four-game final series that seemed destined to determine not just the winner of the West, but also a huge swath with the American League side of the playoff bracket, the Astros went to Arizona. Throw the Toronto Blue Jays into the mix, and four teams were fighting for two wildcard spots in the all-important division title that would come up with a number two seed and a bye. Uh, only the Astros swept their opponents. Only the Astros are guaranteed a spot in the divisional series. One at a time, the Mariners and Rangers were let down by the Diamondbacks. On Saturday after Seattle lost, the D-backs could have kept the Mariners' hopes for sneaking into the postseason alive. Instead, the Astros won. On Sunday, the Rangers needed either a win of their own or an Astros loss to clinch the division. Instead, they lost and the Astros won again. The Rangers and Astros finished the regular season with an identical 90-72 record. But Houston holds the tiebreaker by virtue of a better head-to-head record. It helps to help yourself. Um, for the Rangers, Sunday's 1-0 loss to the Mariners, who started a stellar George Kirby on their first and last meaningless game of the season, was a mutiny force on a celebratory day. It's a bad sign for a lineup that usually matches in a team that wins only when it does. But it doesn't change the simple fact that two years after losing 100 games and seven years after their last postseason appearance, the Rangers are playoff bound. Uh, after they secured themselves as much with their loan in this weekend in Seattle, the Rangers celebrated Saturday with the fully boost soaked bash, necessary tarps, and goggles. They didn't go out after revealing in the clubhouse. It was a tight turnaround. Um, after all, but they were happy to have accomplished that much. You worked so hard, you got experience. It's a special moment to join the manager, Bruce Bachney said. Or why do this? By contrast, the Astros uh, stuck to an empathetically restrained recognition of having achieved the same, a wild card berth that could be supplemented by something better less than 24 hours later. With the confidence that comes from getting at least as far as the championship series in six straight years, they decide to wait for what must surely feel a foregone conclusion at this point, the division title. Um, the difference is all that more stark when you consider that the Raiders spent 138 days in first place this season compared to the Astros' 19. But that believes not only that a record track record of two organizations, but also the preseason projections that expected the Astros to win the division. As always of late, and the Rangers to finish fourth ahead of only the lowly Oakland A's over the prior two seasons. Only one team in baseball won more games than the Astros, and three teams lost more than the Rangers. Um, so, yeah, so the Astros did sneak in there and got to the American League West Divisional title. They will get a bye week from the wild card spot, uh, the wild card series. So, they will either face the uh, Toronto Blue Jays or the Minnesota Twins um, in the second round in the Divisional, American League Divisional Series. Um, it's a great day. It was a great day to be a Houstonian. Yesterday, the Houston Texas won. The Houston Astros won. The Houston Dynamo uh, clinched the U.S. Uh, Cup. So it's a great day to be a Houstonian and to cheer for Houston sports. Um, let's talk about, in our history portion of the show, let's talk about the 1989 NFL Draft. Okay? All right, so the 1989 NFL Draft. We have 
1989 NFL draft, which was uh, held on April 23rd and April 24th in 1989 at the Marriott Marquis in New York City, New York. The league also held a supplemental draft after the regular draft to begin the regular season. All right. The first selection of the 1989 NFL draft was Troy Aikman, uh, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, who went on to get three Super Bowl rings and ended up winning uh, Super Bowl 27, 28, and uh, another Super Bowl. Um, the most selections of that year were the Chicago Bears with 20. The fewest selections was the Philadelphia Eagles with four. Um, Four of the first five players selected in the draft quarterbacks were Troy Aikman, running back Barry Sanders, linebacker Derek Thomas, and cornerback Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, who's now with the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, they will all be inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so that's not a bad list in the first four picks. You had Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders. Uh, the only one who didn't make that cut in the Pro Football Hall of Fame was offensive tackle Tony Mandrick, the only top five pick not inducted, and he was considered a draft bust. Let's talk about Tony Mandrick for a second. He was drafted to the uh, Green Bay Packers, number two overall pick in the 1989 NFL draft. Uh, he also briefly played for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Mandrick has had an interesting life. He was referred to as the best offensive line prospect ever. Uh, Mandrick was highly touted during his collegiate career at Michigan State University. So he played for Michigan State University. Uh, but do you know who he worked with at Michigan State University? He would end up working with Alabama head coach Nick Saban, who was at Michigan State at the time. And, he, and of course, Nick Saban would go on to be arguably one of the best college football coaches ever, if not the best. Um Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, Derek Thompson, Deion Sanders will all end up in the draft. Mandrick was unable to live up to expectations, uh, and he was highly expected as one of the best offensive line prospects uh, in the nation at that time. Uh, however, and was he was released following four seasons with the team, with the Green Bay Packers. After five years away from football, he returned with the Indianapolis Colts, where he spent his last three seasons. Um, he is the only top five pick in his draft class not inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, let's talk about his football career real quick. Mandrick was born and raised in Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Um, he is a son of Croatian immigrants. After his older brother, John, received a scholarship to play football at Kent State University in Kent, Ohio, John convinced his parents to allow Tony to play his senior year of high school football at Theodore Roosevelt High School in Kent. Uh, he was recruited by Michigan State University by defensive back coach Nick Saban. There you go. Mandrick played in the 1988 Rose Bowl and was named a first-team All-American, an Outland Award finalist, and a two-time Big Ten Lineman of the Year. Upon his entry into the 1989 NFL Draft, both scouts and media, most notably Sports Illustrated, which did a cover story on him, nicknamed the Incredible Bulk, you can look that up online, uh, began trumpeting, uh, trumpeting Mandrick as the best offensive line prospect ever, touting his measurables. He weighed 330 pounds, ran the 40-yard dash, and... 4.65 seconds, did a standing long jump of 10.3, leaped vertically 30, and bench pressed 225 pounds, and then heard it 39 times. That is amazing, especially a guy that big who can run the 40-yard dash at 4.65 seconds, and he's weighed 330 pounds. Um, let's see here. Uh, he was so intense, though, that he challenged, at the time, world heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson to a fight, missing scheduled public appearances due to being drunk or hungover. 
he was a big fan of Guns N' Roses. He had a dog named Axel and also a tattoo of the cross design from the cover, Appetite for Destruction, on his arm. Um, so he kind of reminds me of uh, who, what Andrew Mernarski played in Any Given Sunday, the movie Any Given Sunday. Uh, I think he was kind of based on him a little bit. Um, he was played Madman Kelly, who kind of based uh, his character on Tony Mandrick. Uh, going into the 1989 draft, Mandrick was considered one of the best prospects for an offensive lineman ever in a top five pick. Mandrick was selected second overall by the Green Bay Packers. Um, let's see here. He was cut by, in 1992 by the Packers who cited a non-football injury. Mandrick is often referred to as one of the top five busts in NFL drafts. Um, he said he was using steroids. The question of steroid use has been discussed as a possible factor of Mandrick's spectacular failure. Mandrick did not admit his steroid use until 2008. Until then, he publicly blamed his work ethic in a 2003 Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article. I wanted to create as much happen as I could for many different reasons, exposure, negotiation leverage, and you name it. And it all worked out, except the performance wasn't there when it was time to play football. The first Sports Illustrated cover story included allegations of steroid abuse at college. However, mentioning acne for his arm and premature balding. Uh, after getting cut by the Packers, he went to... Traverse City, Michigan for two years, addicted to drugs and alcohol. Um, his family checked him into a rehab clinic on March 23rd, 1995, and he became sober. Uh, Mandrick returned to football for three years between 1996 and 1998 with the Indianapolis Colts. I, I kind of remember him playing. Starting all 16 games during the 1997 season, he retired from football in 1998 due, due to a shoulder injury. Um, his post-football career, after his career was over, he moved back to Canada, his native uh, country, and he owned a golf course and he married his wife, uh, Shar, in 2004. From September 2004 until September 2005, Mandrick served as an NFL analysis of the SCORE TV Sports Network in Canada. He quit in October 2005 and moved to Arizona. He now runs a photography studio. Uh, so very interesting. I mean, the guy... Certainly had some problems. He had steroid abuse and alcohol abuse, and he got clean and sober. He get back to the NFL, and it just didn't work out. But those things tend to happen, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Speaking of which, um, let's talk about um, let's talk about the uh, um, let's talk about who could make it to the World Series. Uh, did the Astros have a good chance to make it to a World Series? Yes, they do. When you're in postseason, the postseason is very different than the regular season. It's almost every team starts at 0-0, so there could be some surprises in Oktoberfest, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll see who makes it to the World Series. Hopefully the Astros make it. I think the uh, Atlanta Braves have a good shot at it. I think the Baltimore Orioles have a good shot at it. And, um, yeah, so... We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, so, yeah. So, that will be the end of our show for today. Make sure you hit that little subscribe button. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. Um, so, yeah. Help us out. And uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you for the next show. All right. Take care. Bye.